How's everybody doing, man? I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen. And uh, this is where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. I want to thank you for tuning in. And, man, this, this week was a lot of... See, the, there's times when sports gets... gets I don't I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it's just it's sports is sports are supposed to distract people from I guess what's really going on in life. I mean, I'm not going to say that's what they're supposed to do as in that's what they're here for, but that, that's usually what they do. Um sports is a is is a, is a fun way to I guess ex- escape from life, man. Uh, playing basketball is always fun. Football, of course, people watch football on Sundays and Saturdays and Mondays and Thursdays. And there is football is supposed to be a haven or safe haven for for I guess you can say you're supposed to get away from problems when it comes to sports. And this week we saw a lot of. A lot of heavy mess with sports, man. I wanna, I wanna thank you guys for listening. Again, this is the Unpopular Podcast. I'm just a, I'm just a D, uh, DMV kid that loves talking about sports. This is episode 26, and before we get into the heavy stuff, let's let's talk about some light. Let's talk about some light things. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about is that Dante Wilder uh, Tyson Fury fight. Uh, I actually watched it. Oh, let me, this this is a story. So I went to Dave and Buster's, <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of commotion. Uh, so needless to say, I got kicked out. It wasn't me though. I was around people that got into situations. Um, <laughs> so I got kicked out, and I was watching it from outside. But I saw the fight. It was a really good fight, but I believe Dante Wilder lost the fight. Uh, he did knock down Tyson Fury twice, and the last one, Tyson Fury looked like he was it was it was a done deal. I don't know how the hell he got up, but uh, Dante won. I mean, it was a draw, and I, I believe Dante Wilder should have lost because he was. I think there was a stat that came out that he threw like fifty nine right haymakers and landed three and the two and two of the three that he landed knocked down uh fury fury out you know outboxed him he was he landed more punches Dante Wilder looked really out of you know unpoised and he looked he looked like a he, he really looked like a just just a a fighter really searching for that knockout blow. Now, I understand why he would be a fighter searching for that knockout blow because I believe they said, like, all his fights never lasted more than eight rounds, and he's always knocked somebody out. I mean, you're 40-0, and 0, you know, and with 39 K, uh, KOs, so, or TKOs. So, I, but watching the fight, I believe Tyson Fury won. Now, of course, it was a draw um, for ratings' sake. Uh, of course, they have to hype up the the rematch. You know how boxing does. Boxing is so freaking corrupt. They don't have a commissioner. They don't have a players' association. So 
they can do, you know, it's really much betters that, that, that control the outcome of the game. So boxing is so, so damn, so damn corrupt. But it was a good fight. I can see where they had to draw, but I think if you really look at how, you know, if, you're, if we really care about punches landed and and just the look of what we saw, I think, I mean, it's, it's really hard for people to say that Tyson Fury didn't win, you know? Like I said, he, he out, he outboxed Dante Fury, I mean, Dante Wilder, he just got knocked down twice. And, yeah, that's, that was... There's going to be a rematch, of course, which means that we're not going to see a Anthony Joshua Dante Wilder fight anytime soon because we still have to see Fury and Wilder part two. But um, no, I still don't know how Fury got up after that. He got knocked down the twelfth too, and he was like, he was laid out like, ah, uh, like I was like, oh, he's he's done. And he got up just like, let's go. I was like, damn, what the hell? <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, there's going to be a rematch. And, again, I think Fury Fury won. But, hey, it doesn't matter now. It ended in a draw. So, uh, both of them are still undefeated. And it was an exciting fight. Don't get me wrong. It was a really good fight. Really good fight. But, hey, I guess until, until the rematch, you know. So, the college football playoffs have been have been revealed, and it, it's pretty much what I expected after Michigan lost, because I thought Michigan was going to go all the way, as in all the way to the Final Four. I didn't think they were going to beat, of course, Alabama or anything, but I thought they were going to be the fourth team. But after they lost Ohio State, I kind of saw this coming. Um, so, people that don't know, it was... Alabama at one, Clemson at two, Notre Dame at three, and Oklahoma at four, leaving Georgia and Ohio State out. I didn't. I knew Georgia wasn't going to get in once they lost to Alabama in the national. I mean, in the SEC championship, especially how they lost, being up kind of like the national championship last year, being up big and a lot of failed opportunities in, I guess, busting the lead open. They were up by, I believe, two touchdowns, and then they just they missed field goals. They they had costly sacks. It was it was just it was bad, and it 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 was a reminisce. I mean, it reminisced, and I, I it looked just like the national championship last year. To the down to the T, where one quarterback wasn't playing good, i.e. Tua wasn't playing good. Of course, he got injured, which is why he had to switch. But in the national championship, Jalen Hurts wasn't playing good, so you had to bring Tua in. Tua wasn't playing good, and he got hurt. Jalen had to come back in and did the game-winning drive. And it's just it's it's just another example of Georgia sports collapsing. You look at if you look at Georgia sports as a whole, Atlanta up 28-3 in the in the Super Bowl, you lose. Atlanta Hawks haven't been really good since since Josh Smith was playing for them. And like I said, they were up they I mean they had the number 1 record in the league a couple years ago and got swept by the Cavs. Georgia Bulldogs, I mean there's as we just saw the national championship and today, I mean and 
the SEC championship looked eerily the same. And it it is what it is. So once Georgia lost, I kind of knew that they weren't going to make it into the Final Four. And Ohio State had a big win, but Ohio State had some tough losses this year. So, of course, they, they, they beat Michigan, which was their probably their uh, signature win. And they beat Northwestern in the the Pac-10 or Pac-12. Pac-10, no, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Big Ten, Big Ten Championship. But, again, I couldn't see them leapfrogging Oklahoma because Oklahoma also beat West Virginia, who's a better team than Northwestern, in their conference. So, it's – I understand – why people were mad that Ohio State didn't make it. Of course, you have Dwayne Haskins, who is a Heisman candidate. You have, you know, uh, the, the name of Ohio State makes you think that they should automatically get in. But, no, I mean, Oklahoma Oklahoma, and Kyler Murray has had a great season. They've had – yes, they, they lost to Texas. But Texas is also a good team, and Texas is better than Northwestern. And when you lose to Purdue – which Oklahoma did, and not saying Purdue's a bad team, but when you lose to Purdue in the the fashion that Oklahoma lost to Purdue, I'm not Oklahoma, that Ohio State lost to Purdue. No, you, it's it's gonna be it's 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 gonna be hard, especially when Michigan has played great all season, and you're pretty much playing from behind them until, of course, you guys meet. And Oklahoma, like I said, do you lose to. Texas, however, they've been they've been putting up points left and right, and that's the only, that's their only loss. It looked a little it looked a little, and which hurt Ohio State was the Maryland game when they yes they won, but when you play Maryland and you're heavy favorites, and Maryland football team has gone through a, a definite flux this year when especially you know with DJ Durkin and. And all those allegations and all those, you know, situations that's going on, you're supposed to bury Maryland. And you only win 52 to 51. And to be completely honest, Maryland should have won that game. So I think that's what that's what voters were looking for. And that's what voters saw when they when they were debating if Ohio State should go over Oklahoma. And then I think they were looking at matchups. I believe Oklahoma poses a bigger threat to Alabama than Ohio State because they, they can put points. Kyler Murray can put points on you in a hurry. Now, their defense is, is one of the worst I've seen in a while. They have no defense at all. But, again, you need a team that can that can put up points against Alabama. And what you saw, what Jake Fromm was doing with Georgia in the SEC championship, but he couldn't sustain sustain it. I think Kyler Murray and Oklahoma can sustain it. Now, do I think they will win? Nope. I think it's going to be a good game, and they have a chance to win. But I don't think they will beat Alabama and Clemson and Notre Dame. That's that's going to be a good game. I have. I, I think Clemson's going to win just to, just because they're high, they're a high-powered offense as, as well as a solid top five defense. But I'm not taking anything away from Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a physical team. It started week one when they pretty much did 
ran the field on Michigan, and they've been they've been they've been doing it, man. They they've been physically beating teams, and it that that's that's Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a great team. Of course, like I said, they beat Michigan, they beat Syracuse. They it, while their schedule hasn't been as tough as say a Clemson or a Oklahoma, they've they've handled business. They've done what they were supposed to do. They've ran the table. And a team as good as Notre Dame, and shouts out to Brian Kelly, you know, it you, you have to put them in. And that's and and that's just that. So, like I said, it's going to be Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, and Oklahoma four, and and that's exciting. That's exciting. I I'm, I don't have any. I don't think. Oh man, Ohio State should have been in, or Georgia should have been in. No, not at all. So the, the committee got it right, and the the committee got it right. I that's 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 all I can really say about that. Now, how I would have seen, how I would have wanted it to go, if everything would have played out as I wanted it, I wanted Michigan in, but they lost to Ohio State. I think if they would have beat Ohio State, they definitely would have beat, I believe, they definitely would have beat Northwestern in the championship. And then it would, the Big Ten championship, and then it would have been, they would have been fourth. Because, you know, and while I think that Oklahoma has a better chance of beating Alabama than Michigan does, I do want to see John Harbaugh in a playoff position with Michigan. And this was the year to do it, man. This was the year to do it, and unfortunately they didn't get it done. They didn't get it done. They finished, I believe, sixth. No, seventh. But, you know, that doesn't really matter when your only goal is to win the, you know, your only goal is to, to go to the playoffs and win the national championship. Seventh, like, nobody really cares, you know. So, like, I remember when I was playing college basketball and we were, we were dominating, man. And all we had to do was win against Allen University. Uh, and we would have been in. We would have been in uh, the tournament to go to Missouri and and everything. We, I believe that year we won, I believe, 16 or 17 straight games. Like, we were dominant. And... We were up by 21 points against Allen University in the in the AII Championship, and they came back and won. Uh, and I say that to say, at that point, you get a sense and a feeling that we still had games after that, and you get a sense of feeling that I mean, it doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? Like we're still gonna go out play. We still won. The rest of our games, but that knocked us out of bowl contention or playoff contention or tournament contention. 
And we're like, I mean, yeah, we're good enough to win, and we won those games, but what's the point? And that's what I think. That's how I think teams like Michigan or teams like Ohio State or teams like Georgia feel right now. And that's why if you look at, you know, the game four, I mean, five, six, and seven, those seeds, if you look at their bowl games, their bowl, they usually they either lose those bowl games or have bad bowl games because it's like, what are we playing for? We don't want... We don't want the 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 Belk Bowl. <laughs> we don't want the the Orange Bowl. Like we want to play in the Final Four, and they just didn't do it. So I, I understand the you know the frustration. I understand what the players are feeling because it's like I mean you still got a game, but you still got a bowl game, and especially when your 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 goal is to make it to the final four and you don't you come that close is a game or two close it's just just you know what's the point and i'm not gonna say what's the point i'm gonna say like it is what it is you know this this game doesn't really matter as much or doesn't hold as much weight it's still a game and you know you still have you still have games to play but it is what it is and that's where i think they're looking at uh and let's stick in college right now. While Michigan football might not have handled their business as they thought they would, Michigan basketball is looking like one of the top three teams in the nation. They dismantled Villanova. Now, yes, Villanova is not the Villanova the last few years when, you know, winning two championships in three years. But they dismantled Villanova and they beat, or I mean, they beat, North Carolina easily too. They beat they they crushed North Carolina, and I'm a North Carolina fan. But they crushed North Carolina. Like they 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 their problem is they struggle at the free throw line. That could come back and bite them sometime, maybe down in March or maybe down towards the end of the in, in tournament play towards the end of the season. But they have length, they have shooting, they have defense, they have athleticism. There's not much Michigan basketball does not have. And while I don't know, actually, I, I can't even say they could, they wouldn't beat teams like Duke or something because they have, while Duke is so top-heavy, and I say that as Duke has three of the top five freshmen in college basketball and those three are freaking natures you have zion who cannot be stopped when he has a full head of steam rj barrett who he's been struggling this year but many people that that know basketball and that know college basketball know that rj barrett is the best out of the three when it comes you know he's a lefty with a shot handles he's kind of like a uh a poor man's james harden while he doesn't draw fouls as much, he does get to the rim as crafty as James sometimes. And, again, he struggled struggled with the shot a little bit, struggled turnovers a lot this year. But, again, it's early in the season. And he's never played with somebody with, with players the caliber of a Zion Williamson or a Cam Reddish. So, or, and, and. So what I'm saying is Duke is so top heavy while their bench is 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 still a little iffy. You have of course Bolden that's still there, but he's he's a big man that has limitations. And on the other side, you have Michigan who they can go eleven deep 
with solid players too. They're starting five. Almost everyone can shoot. They have an impact freshman. I forgot I forgot how to say his name. I'm gonna look him up. But Michigan it's not much they can't do. And I I don't know. Like of course this is early in the season. They they're just coming off of, you know, um, Invitationals, Maui Invitational, the NIT Invitational. They're just coming off of that. So, still early, of course. It's still early. North Carolina is going to get a little better. Uh, a whole bunch of teams are going to get better. But, it's still, Michigan is still a solid team. Again, you have Jordan Pohl, uh, Charles Matthews. You have John Tasky, and if I said his name wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah, Zaire Simpson. You you have players, and the player that I want to talk about a little bit is who? All right, I'm, I'm gonna say this name wrong. I know I am, so just just forgive me. But Ignis, oof. Ignis Barzikadis. I don't know. If if you know college basketball, just just look up Michigan roster and the dude with Ignis Ignas Biz whatever. <laughs> he's solid. He played over in the Canadian league for a minute. He's 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 a little older than most freshmen. I believe he's twenty or twenty one. He's he can shoot, he can defend, he's a scrappy player. He's he's he could he could make some noise in the freshman of the year or, you know, Naismith player of the year or freshman of the year awards when it's all said and done if he continues to rise as he's doing because he, he is, he's a really really good player. He's he's like, let me let me, let me see he's like Luca a little bit and I'm not just saying that because of international ties but he's like Luca and he's 6'7 he's, he's big, he's he's physical he can he can put the ball on the ground. He can pass the ball. He he can cut, get to the rim. He's, he has a soft touch around the rim. He can shoot. That that man's a baller, man. And and don't just because he's not. And, and don't get me wrong. Of course, Zion and and one of those Duke players has a lead right now. Again, it's early, but anything can happen. A lot can happen in college basketball. Hell, Lehigh beat Duke a couple years ago. Um. Loyola made it all the way to what the elite eight last year so you know anything can happen anything can happen so uh my predictions I I'm gonna save that for another podcast you know what I'm not gonna say that for a podcast what I'm gonna do is midway throughout the season I'm gonna do you know where I was right where I was wrong I'm also do that for the NBA and we'll see how it goes but right now Things are looking how I predicted. Duke is dominating. Uh, great teams are coming out struggling. But, again, it's a long season. And, again, I didn't see Michigan coming. That's a surprise team. But Michigan does have a lot of good returning players. And they've stepped up. So, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. And, and yeah. So, I don't know. Um... I guess we'll go NFL now. 
and how this week was, or last week, was the week of the upsets, I guess. Um, Bears lost to the Giants. And, and the crazy thing is, the Giants did everything in their power to lose that game. You have... <laughs> So the Giants were up by 10 with like three minutes left and allowed, <laughs> allowed Chicago to come all the way back. They, 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 they scored a touchdown. They failed to convert on an onside kick. I mean, no, they failed to get the onside kick, so Chicago had the ball. Tyreek Cohen, Cohen became the shortest player ever, I think, at like 5-3 to throw an NFL touchdown. And they tied it up and get, got to overtime. And the crazy thing is, there were so many opportunities where New York could have just busted the lead wide open. You know, uh, Eli Manning missed a couple of wide open players like usual. And But at the end of the day... Uh, Landon Collins, or Jenkins, I'm sorry, had a had a uh, huge, huge deflection at the end of the game for overtime to ultimately seal the win. And miss, you know, it, it was just a, it was, it was an upset. Of course, we can talk, we can talk about the upsets, all of all upsets, which was last Thursday when. Chick, uh, Dallas beat New Orleans, and now New Orleans look didn't look like themselves at all. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm not taking away anything that Dallas did. Shouts out to Dallas, they I mean they beat the number one team in the NFL right now. But Drew Brees looked off. Their defense looked like the defense of Week One. A lot of bad penalties. A lot of a lot of big plays that was that were given up. A lot of key plays that were given up. Um, and the refs, and I'm not, I'm not saying that the refs altered the game completely, but the refs missed a lot of calls. They missed a, a huge first down where I believe Cole Beasley was down before got, I mean, was down short of the first down. However, they gave it to him. They missed a, a blatant targeting targeting call on Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara was running on this, you know, running down the sideline and I forgot who it was, but he launched into him helmet first and hit Kamara smooth in the helmet, pretty much, you know, sending Kamara to concussion protocol which he I guess he he passed cuz he went back in the game, but he didn't look the same the rest of the game. They missed uh a Dak Prescott face mask. They just missed a lot of blatant calls. They missed a, a huge pass interference on Michael Thomas, and it, it it was you know it was just a badly officiated game. And even even the broadcasters, Troy Aikman and and what's his name said uh, Joe Buck. He was saying like they they're missing blatant calls, and this is a very very, you know, this is a veteran staff, so they're surprised that they're missing these calls, but they're missing them, and it's crazy. And I'm not, I'm not, no, no conspiracy, no nothing like that. But what I'm saying is, it's crazy 
the teams and places, there was a lot of missed calls. A lot of the same missed calls, by the way, during the Cowboys and Redskins game for Thanksgiving. Of course, that was also in Jerry World. And I believe a couple of those refs were the same as the one that did the Saints and Cowboys game. Now, am I saying that's a conspiracy? No, I'm not. I'm not taking away from what Dak Prescott and the the Cowboys did because that's a huge win. All I'm saying is there's coincidences and then there's coincidences. That's all I'm saying. But, like I said, uh, of course, Dallas beat New Orleans. Green, you know what, we'll talk about that in a minute. Jacksonville and Indy, that was probably the ugliest game of the week. But Indianapolis lost 0-6. And it was this was a defensive game. This was the first time this year when... The Jaguars' defense looked like the Jaguars' defense of last year. They they got to Andrew Luck a lot, you know, had him rush, hurry up a lot. They forced a couple of turnovers and and they looked they looked dominant. Of course, it was two field goals, so it is what it is. But the Jaguars definitely leaned it leaned it <laughs> definitely leaned on their defense and 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 it got them to win. So, I thought Indianapolis was going to, because Indianapolis has been hot, and and it's been about, it was about three weeks where Andrew Luck wasn't even touched. So, I thought that they were going to ride that momentum, and of course, they, 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 you know, didn't, I guess, and they lost. Um, there was another upset, too. Oh, boom. The Seahawks, I mean, not Seahawks, the, the Panthers lost to... Oh man, I was just I just thought about that. The Panthers lost to the Buccaneers. And this was the first game this year where I have to put this blame, I mean put this loss solely on Cam Newton. Cam Newton threw four interceptions. And the worst part about it is he threw four huge interceptions. And I'm not going to say huge as in what the last one was huge, huge, but he threw four bad interceptions. Like those, they weren't even going, like though he was throwing in a double coverage. He was overthrowing people like, like the cam of old. He looked like the cam of last year and the years to, you know, that, that, that there's always been concerns about, Cam Cam Newton's accuracy and yesterday didn't help those concerns at all because he looked terrible. He may and, and and what's what's more surprising is that he did this against statistically the worst defense in the National Football League. And he made Jameis Winston look like a solid quarterback again, which he hasn't looked like this whole year. If we do not forget, he got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick a couple times. And he was suspended the first three games. Now, I'm not saying that takes away from his football acronym, but what I'm saying is Tampa Bay has had a terrible season. And... 
we've already we already know that the Carolina Panthers are fighting for a playoff spot. So you think games like these they handle business, but again, I'm putting this law solely on Cam Newton. Where where I get a lot of, where I'll give him a lot of credit for how good the Carolina Panthers have looked this season, I have to also give him the blame for definitely this loss. Because he did nothing really to help. His, I mean, he had a touchdown pass, but he did nothing really to help, or a couple touchdown passes, but he did nothing to help really that uh, Carolina win this game. And it really showed. In fact, he was more of a detriment giving away four times. And on those four times, I believe... I believe Green Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay scored three times on three on four turnovers. So he didn't he didn't give his defense or offense any help really. So I have to put that on Cam, and and I alluded to it. So let's talk about it. So Green Bay lost to the Cardinals yesterday, and. That's that's by far the worst loss of the season. You there was still a mathematical chance that you could make the playoffs. It was slim, but the the Bears losing definitely helped. The Bears and Minnesota losing yesterday would have definitely helped Green Bay's playoff push. All they had to do was handle business. And went out, and nobody. And 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 looking at that, you wouldn't have thought that, or nobody came in thinking that the Cardinals was going to be was going to have any shot in winning due to the fact that Green Bay was quote unquote on a mission to make it to the playoffs, and Green Bay looked horrible, man. They're often and and this is this is. Uh, I'm gonna keep going. Their their offense looked terrible. Aaron Rodgers was rushed a lot. Uh, their def- their offensive line looked terrible. He he didn't look really good. Of course, he had a lot of throwaways again. Sacked a couple times, and this led to Mike McCarthy getting fired. Now it wasn't just this game. It was I believe his tenure with. Aaron Rodgers as a whole. When you have arguably the greatest physical quarterback of all time. When I say physical, I don't mean like physical specimen. I mean as in his physical attributes as in his his arm paired with his legs, paired with his accuracy, paired with his, his intellect of the game. He had one of the most talented, there you go, one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. There's no reason why you should have been to only one Super Bowl. He's been to a couple of NFC championships, or he's been to a couple of, you know, playoffs with Aaron Rodgers, but his record, I believe, after the, the Super Bowl was 10-8 and eight in the playoffs. And one theme that you heard a lot 
when talking about Green Bay, especially this year, is their offense looks so elementary and looks so outdated. In fact, there was a there was a coach that came out and said that. Oh, former coach Eric Mangini came out and said that he was watching Green Bay and he said these are the same plays they ran back in 2008. These are the same plays they ran back in 2012. And you can do that and get away with that when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers cuz he's going to improvise and he's going to he's going to do what he has to do to put you over the hump but when you get into close situations and close games and get to playoffs and get to championship games that's not going to work cuz you've been scouted at least you've been scouted enough to know what we have to do it's not we can't okay you're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers but what you can do is you can minimize him by taking away his weapons Outside of Devontae Adams, Jer- uh, Shock, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Graham hasn't blossomed as many people, including myself, thought he would. While Adam Jones has been great, he hasn't, not even he, Green Bay, as in the coaching staff, hasn't worked a way to get him more involved. The offensive line has has struggled most of the time, especially when, and that's a little bit on Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of times where you can get the ball out a lot quicker, but, you know, you can get a lot of ball out a lot quicker helping the the defense, but it just didn't, it just didn't go through. And I think the final straw was, it was, and it was evident that the team quit on Mike McCarthy. Not the team. Aaron Rodgers quit on Mike McCarthy. He didn't. He stopped believing in Mark. Well, he start believing. When you stop believing in somebody, then that's 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 big. And and how are you gonna how are you gonna keep a coach when your star, who they just gave an extension to, by the way, quit on him? And and many people knew that Mike McCarthy was gonna be fired at the end of the season. It was a little shocking that it happened after the Cardinals game. And I and I think you know what it is. It's not shocking after the game because of course they lost the game, and that's definitely a game not only that they needed to win that they should have won, but it was shocking because. Green Bay doesn't have a history of firing coaches midway through the season. Especially with a quarterback as talented as Aaron Rodgers. Now, yes, they are statistically out the playoffs now. There's no way a 4-7-1 team in the NFC is going to make the playoffs. But, like I said, you didn't. you did yourself no favors, especially when everything was there for you. Carolina lost. Minnesota lost. Chicago lost. You, the the stats were getting a little better for you, but then you blew it with with losing the Carol. I mean, losing the Carol uh, Cardinals. And it, that's that's why he's now. That's that's why he's getting. That's why he got fired. And I don't think, I don't. I, they were asking. 
is Aaron Rodgers going to pick the next coach? No, that's no, that's ridiculous. At that point, he has complete control of the organization. But I do think that not only do you should you have a quarterback where Andrew, I mean Andrew, Aaron Rodgers can get along with, but you want to bring in a offensive coach that can reinvent an offense with arguably the one of the greatest court one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the the game you, you like look and, and and one thing back to the back to the point where Mike McCarthy was still doing still his offense was really elementary and still outdated and he was still he was getting away with that because you have Aaron Rodgers. But if you look at the landscape of the league back then, he didn't have he didn't have this surge and this boom of great quarterbacks. You didn't have like this is just the teams in the NFC. Oh, I'm not the teams. This is just the quarterbacks in the NFC that Aaron Rodgers has to contend with now. Jared Goff, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and to a to a lesser extent, Dak Prescott, and when he gets if 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 when he's healthy, I guess Alex Smith. So, and that's just in the AFC. I mean NFC. We didn't say Tom Brady. We didn't say Patrick Mahomes. We didn't say Deshaun Watson. We didn't say Andrew Luck. So what I'm saying is the league has caught up to Green Bay. No. The league has surpassed Green Bay. They might have have surpassed Aaron Rodgers talent-wise because, of course, I still think you know, five Super Bowls, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, but talent-wise, I would give that to Aaron Rodgers. But the league has has surpassed Green Bay. And the the cushion that Mike McCarthy had with Aaron Rodgers quickly dissolved this year. Because you, there's no way that you can have an elementary offense or an outdated offense and think you're going to beat defenses like Green. I mean, defenses like Chicago or Minnesota or Seattle or Carolina or hell, they they, they lost to to Washington. Who, while they have a good defense, they still have questions on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know that I, I don't think I don't think Mark McCarthy Mark McCarthy is going to get a job again. I don't know if he's going to get a head coaching job. He might, because if you look down in Cincinnati, I don't know how long Marvin Lewis is going to have a job. Um, he could have a job in in. Cleveland with 
Baker Mayfield try to mold him. But I don't see I don't see uh a path where where Green Bay doesn't get a doesn't get a quarterback quarterback coach because they need one. Or at least a revolutionary like like a Sean McVay, and, I, and it's easy to say you need a Sean McVay or a Mike Shanahan, but there's not a lot of them out there. There are some great coaches, but there's not a lot of a lot of Sean McVays out there. If there was, there'd be a lot more Rams, and there'd be a lot more like like Mike Shanahan made us think that Matt Ryan was a solid MVP caliber player. Clearly, he's not. But when you run schemes like 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 Mike Shanahan ran schemes, you know, it looks it looks a little wavy. So, yeah, I don't think this is this definitely ain't the end for Mike McCarthy. Uh, and I don't know. Just Green Bay, Green Bay. Of course, you still have games to go. The season's not over, but there's a lot that Green Bay needs to fix. And it's not only it's not. Don't think it's just the coach. They need to put more weapons around Aaron Rodgers. They need to, they need to, they need to bolster their defense. Their defense is actually the biggest problem. Their defense has been the problem for a while. But when you trade your best defender and Ha Ha Clinton Dix, where are you gonna? Well, where are you gonna go from there? So there's a lot that needs to be done in Green Bay. There really is, and I don't I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know when they're going to do it, but they definitely need to do something, especially firing pretty much solidifying that Mike McCarthy was the problem by firing him in the season, in season. But we'll just see how it goes. And they need to do something because everybody knows you don't you don't last too long in the NFL or maintain greatness for too long. There's only you know a handful of people. There's, there's not too many Tom Brady's in the NFL, as in that can last as long as they did. There's not too many Drew Breeses that can last that long. Hell, look at the end of Brett Favre's career. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of years left, but Green Bay has this aura of 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 them being a top tier team with Aaron Rodgers because they know just how great he is. But that's starting to slip throughout the years, and people are able to scheme against Green Bay. So that's 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 a work in progress that we need to see, and. We'll, we'll we'll see. I guess. Is there any other games I want to talk about? Well, I guess briefly I want to talk about this. Not just because I'm a Redskins fan, but this game tonight against uh, with the Redskins and the Eagles is huge because what happened last Thursday against I mean with the Saints and the Cowboys. Right now, Cowboys have sole possession of the number one spot in the NFC East. If the Redskins win, then it will be tied again. If the Eagles win, 
it'll be tied with the Eagles and it'll be a three-way tie. So this is huge. Now, yes, I don't know how much noise these teams could make in the playoffs. Of course, out of all three teams, I believe right now Dallas has the best not only defense but shot to make the playoffs. This game is huge for Washington. And it's huge for Philly. It's huge for both teams. I, of course, I'm going to go with the home team and, and say Redskins are going to win it. But this is, we have to, like, this is the season for the Redskins right here. This game. And it's going to be like that every week that Cowboys win. You dug yourself a hole when you lost on Thanksgiving. Or when you lost to the Houston Texans. Or when you got smoked by the Saints. Or when you got smoked by Atlanta. This, You put yourself in this, Washington put themselves in this predicament. And now they pretty much have to win out. Because Dallas has a cupcake schedule coming up. And Eagles sort of have a cupcake schedule, even though they have to play Washington twice. And we'll see how it goes. But this is a huge game tonight. Huge game. Um, I don't feel like I don't feel like we need to talk about Minnesota game. Uh, like I said, I've said this before and I say it again. Kirk Cousins isn't to me, isn't a top-tier quarterback, but he's making top-tier quarterback money. I'm not just saying that because he was with the Redskins. He's just not. Prime time, his record in prime time isn't as strong as it should be. And, in fact, I think he has a losing record in prime time, which is, you know, terrible. Especially going into this game against New England when you had the better defense. And... Outside of Aaron, I mean, outside of Tom Brady, you had the better offense. So, I don't feel like talking about that. Um, uh, I guess talk a little about basketball before we get into the heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, there's a lot going on with Golden State right now. Damian Jones, he's probably going to miss the season because he has, a, I believe, a torn shoulder. Draymond Green has come out and, and, and pretty much voiced his frustration of why he's not playing, even though he feels like he's ready to play with the sprained big toe, which he probably is ready to play. But like everyone know, uh, you're going to, if you're out, like I'm pretty sure, Curry has been ready, been able to be to play with his groin injury. It's just, oh, you're out, out for a week. You know, let's make it, let's make it three weeks, or you're, <laughs> you, you're only, you, you can only miss two, ten games. You know, let's 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 make it twenty five. It's like they want to be as ready for the playoffs as possible. And you know, Draymond Green came out and said, you know, this. You know, he, he wishes he could play. It's eating him that he doesn't play. Um, he feels he's ready, but that's not his timetable. And, 
you know, there's just a lot going on with Golden State. Do I think that this is going to deter them or throw them off the rails? No. But I do think all this turmoil is definitely going to play a part this offseason when we are saying, now I think Clay is a done deal. I think Clay is coming back. But the big, like, like if you really want to keep Durant, we have to nip this in the butt. Not saying you need to trade Draymond Green. I'm not saying you need to trade anybody. I'm just saying that all this in-house stuff, even if it doesn't come, like, even if it still happens, you just, it just can't come out because now you have people like me and people like news sources talking about it. Putting added, you know, scrutiny and added added eyes and added storylines to a team where their biggest goal is to win the championship. And everyone else in the world's biggest goal is to dethrone them. And like Clay said, the only team that can be Golden State is Golden State. And right now, it's looking like with all these reports and all the situations that they're beating themselves. Not saying that they will beat themselves. And I'm not even saying that they won't win the championship because I still think they will win the championship. But it's just something to definitely keep an eye on. You know what I mean? So, we'll see. Um, Andre Robeson had another setback. What is what is going on with with that situation? So, he he had a, a horrible fall last year. I believe tearing his ACL and and he was scheduled to come back towards the middle. I mean, towards the first two months of the season, but having he has another setback, so he's going to miss more time. I don't know what's going on with that camp. I don't know what's going on with Oklahoma City. I don't I don't know what's going on with it. And yeah, it I uh, they need Andre Robinson. Not saying that they're bad, but defensively they're 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 a solid defensive team, but he puts them over the top. And they're definitely going to they're definitely going to need him. Um so I don't I don't I don't know. They they definitely I don't <laughs> I don't this is the second setback and I don't know if that's the medical staff I don't know if that's Roberson I don't I don't know but yeah I was gonna talk about this Joe I mean Jeff Berman coaching thing but I don't I don't really feel like talking about that. Uh, that many people don't know he's a coach at Purdue. He got offered the Louisville job and he turned it down. And all the Louisville fans went crazy. Like, how are you going to turn down Louisville? Like, that's a legit job right now. But <laughs> turned it down and a lot of fans were sending, you know, bomb threats and death threats to his his high school and to him. And it was just it was just a lot of craziness. But get over yourself, Louisville. You're not really a top-tier team anymore. Not in basketball, not in football, not in baseball, not in hockey, not in cricket, not in table tennis. Just You're a good school, but you're just not a top athletic program anymore. Yeah, you'll win games in college basketball, but there ain't no, like, there's no way you're going to... No. You're not be- you're you're not better than Florida State. And I'm not saying Florida State trash, but you're not better than Florida State. And Florida State 
is arguably the fourth or fifth best team in the ACC. So, there's that. Um, soon, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do, and maybe a couple podcasts, I'm going to do, you know, uh, early season misfires for the NFL, I mean, NBA and college basketball. So, stay tuned for that. And, uh, man, it's time to get to the unpopular topic of the day. Welcome to the Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular Opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. As a league, the NFL cannot say they care a lot about domestic violence. I'm not saying they don't care at all, but So a video surfaced. No, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Let's start with Ruben Foster. We know about Ruben Foster. We know that, you know, he got charged again for the third time this year domestic violence and he got released from the 49ers just to get picked right back up by Washington. I've already talked about that, I believe. It's it's old news at this point. What is new news? is Reskin executive Doug Williams does a live conference, press conference, and pretty much says, oh, Ruben Foster, it's small potatoes. You know, it doesn't really mean much. Uh, Ruben Foster, I mean, it doesn't matter that much what he did. It's it's just a small a, a, a small um, it, it's just a small microcosm of of you know he's it's a small microcosm of his life. He's he's better than that. Um, that's something that this man said, and, and I said this last podcast, man. Just stop talking, bruh. But. They said, uh, he's pretty much like, we're going to sweep that under the rug and he's going to get over it. Which sent like a tidal wave of outrage in the women community. Like, how are you going to dismiss the fact that he got charged? Again, for, like, beating the hell out of a woman, you know what I mean? And, of course, Doug Williams had to come out and apologize for what he said. It was, quote-unquote, taken out of context. No, nigga, we, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> we heard you, bro. Like, what the hell are you doing? And 
And then it brings me to Mr. Kareem Hunt and the Kansas City Chiefs. So a video surfaced from TMZ about a domestic dispute that Kareem Hunt had back in February with a young lady. And the video shows Kareem Hunt shoving the woman, kicking the woman. We didn't, there wasn't audio, but it was clear and reports had come out that he was verbally abusing the woman in that in that situation I like I don't I don't know really. Now of course they said that racial slurs the woman shot racial slurs at a uh, Kareem Hunt. And that's still I mean that still doesn't mean gives you the right to put your hands on anybody but especially a woman. And here's the thing that irritated me the most so the the beginning of the you know the rest of the report is Kareem Hunt or not even the rest of the report Kareem Hunt got released the day that that video came out the video in which the incident happened in February remember I said February it is December This really question, this really makes me question what the hell an internal investigation means from the NFL. Because we knew about this incident in February. And then reports have come out saying that the NFL or the Chiefs, well, the NFL or the Chiefs didn't interview the young lady nor Kareem Hunt. About an incident with a young lady and Kareem Hunt? And how is it that you did an internal investigation? And didn't ask for this video? You're telling me that somebody was like, you know what? I don't even think we need a... We don't don't really even need a... uh, the surveillance tape. They probably don't got it at a hotel. They probably don't got it. Nah. And you're telling me that the great NFL that does all these investigations couldn't obtain a video or a tape that TMZ could have obtained? Obtained? So I do not want to hear that the NFL's best interest is in the victim. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that at all. I also don't want to hear the fact that the NFL wasn't trying to protect Kareem Hunt. The reason why Kareem Hunt was cut by the Chiefs, which I commend them for doing this. He wasn't cut because the video surfaced. He was cut because he lied to the front office of the Chiefs, saying that he never even touched the lady, the young lady. But surveillance clearly shows you did. And another another thing we need to talk about is that the video clearly shows, like, there was people, Kareem Hunt is 100% at fault for this, because there were people that, 
like in the video, his boys, I guess, there was men there trying to hold Kareem Hunt back. But Kareem Hunt kept trying to get go or kept trying to get to the young lady. To the point where where she fell and could have left it at that, he came, he came, he doubled back and kicked her. Hell, there was a dude that even took the young lady's phone so they wouldn't be recorded. So his boys tried to save him. Or tried to get him up out that situation. And he just wasn't having it. He was like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna finish this. Now I do and Max Kellerman said it this morning. I do commend, you know, Kareem for coming up on, you know, Sunday night count, Sunday morning countdown with, I believe he had an interview with Josina Anderson, I believe, and pretty much admitted all of it, uh, apologized to the lady directly, and, you know, just pretty much said he was sorry. I get that, but. It took a video being released. Like I said, uh, uh, you lied to Kansas City, which is why they cut you as fast as they cut you. They cut him. The video released at 8 o'clock Thursday morning. They cut this man. I'm just now, of course, I'm being, you know, I'm um, exaggerating, but the video releases at 8 o'clock. Thursday morning, they cut this man at 12 o'clock Thursday afternoon. Like, that's he wasn't surviving that storm. And Adam Schefter says something huge, man. Kareem Hunt is 23, just entering his prime. Someone hasn't really been cut like this since Michael Vick and Aaron Hernandez. And like Adam Schefter pointed out, this, the similarity between all three is they all lied to the organization. Michael Vick said he, he had nothing to do with the dog fighting. And Hernandez clearly killed somebody and covered it up. So, the NFL, this is, this is bigger than just Kareem Hunt. This is bigger than Ruben Foster. This is bigger than the Chiefs, the Redskins. This is an NFL problem. I'm not saying the NFL were the ones that went in and abused those women. I'm not saying that the NFL were the ones that were the ones that were charged with anything. What I'm saying is, don't sit here and say that you care about issues like domestic violence. And then do a quote-unquote internal investigation when something like this happens. And, and then come out and say that you found nothing. Or the stuff that you found pretty much exonerates the player. And then months later, a video like this comes out. And then you say you didn't even interview the player that had the incident or the victim. It and the worst, the, the, the very, very, like the most egregious thing about this is 
when they asked TMZ about you know obtaining this video they said oh it was it was easy pretty much you just ask for the video so it's something that easy that the NFL the National Football League couldn't do that just screams mismanagement in all facets get it like you're what you're doing what the NFL is doing is they're really showing face they're really showing their true colors is then and and they've always is oh I've talked about this before but it's always been like this they are a they're going to do what's best for them they know that Having a player like Kareem Hunt or having a talent like Ruben Foster in the league is going to help them. It just once outroars and 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 anger and frustration from the outside. Once that grows, then you got to do something about it. And it's just, it's sad, man. It's really, really sad. So, I do pray for the young lady. I'm not saying she's dead or anything, but I do pray for, you know, I pray that something like this just stops happening, you know. Even if it does, I mean, there's going to be domestic violence all the time, and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's cool. I'm just saying, I hope that when something like this happens, or if something like this happens, the proper steps are taken, and not just let's sweep it under the rug for profit or something, or let's sweep it under the rug because it's going to hurt our brand. No, let's not do that. So there you have it, man. Uh. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. Kareem Hunt's gonna get on another team. I just, I definitely not gonna be the Chiefs again, and I don't know how long it's gonna take. It's, I don't know how long he's gonna get. He right now he's on the commissioner exempt list. After that, after he gets off of that, of course he's probably gonna have to face a suspension, and I don't know. I don't know how long it's gonna take to see Kareem Hunt back in the league. I don't know if this is the end for him. I'm not going to say it is because he's still talented and everybody makes mistakes. But it's going to be a while before we see Kareem Hunt back on the NFL field. And unfortunately, that's because you lied. I'm almost sure if this video would have came out and he didn't lie to the Chiefs, I'm pretty sure he, they probably would have just suspended him for a couple games or maybe for the rest of the season but he still would have been on the roster the fact that you lied about it is that's that's why he's 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 unemployed right now but again there you have it man that's the unpopular podcast episode 26 i want to thank you guys for listening um i'm really looking forward to The second half of the, well, the second quarter, I guess, of the NBA season. I'm looking forward to, you know, we're wrapping up the NFL. 
So the playoffs are coming. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the college basketball. That's that's shaping up to be real good. You know, there's a lot of surprise teams that could shake up the 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 standings. So, yeah, man. Again, this is an unpopular podcast. I thank you for listening. And until next time, man. Much love. Shout out ASAP Rocky, man. Aug in the building, man. What's good? Is that potato salad? Yo, listen. Niggas give me the cold shoulder. I can speak for myself. So I keep a hot waist and alligator the belt. Ain't got a belt with the holster. I ain't playing games, but got some little niggas who would do it. So I pass the controller. You can press the next out. Triangle your nose. Pause your life if you square. Try to mess with my O's. Whoa. So cut the crap like shit barbers. Cause we really with the beef like cards of the gay fathers. Nigga, we get dollars. Give them the bin baller. Exchange for them changes.